Hello, and welcome to our first podcast on strengthening your marriage. My name is Jeremy Ward, and I'm married to Haley. Haley's joining me now. Hello. And uh, we just wanted to share, I guess, some things uh, about how you can strengthen your marriage coming out of this season of COVID-19 and realising that there are particular pressures that everyone has been facing. And rather than looking at that negatively, I think this is a season that presents us with great opportunity for change, uh, to pinpoint areas where we may be finding our relationship difficult, areas of tension, and working constructively um, towards change. Now, Hayley, you'd mentioned reading something that you were uh, kind of that was thrown your direction towards the start of COVID restrictions coming in. Do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah, it was just a, a Mamma Mia article. Basically, it was saying that they were predicting most marriages would come, most people would come, who were married would come out of COVID-19, either pregnant or divorced. So, yeah, I guess that kind of situation, pressure cooker of being home all the time together has the potential to either drive you mm. together or push you apart. Mm. Mm. And that reminds me of some friends who went through a, a really tough situation some years back uh, who spoke of cracks in a relationship and the way they talked about external pressures kind of pressing in on them uh, was that it pushed those cracks further apart. And I think that's uh, the way any kind of hardship goes. It has that that potential to move us in in one of those directions. Yeah, and that's definitely been the case for us as well. We experienced probably one of the highest pressure times while you were studying at college and with the young family. We had um, one toddler and I was pregnant with the second one and, um, mm. yeah, had that baby during that time. And that's probably been the catalyst for a lot of change in our marriage. Mm. Yeah, so I guess in this kind of introductory episode, we're just wanting to, I guess, share personally some of our story. And our hope is that if you're tuning in, perhaps there's only one of you, you're in a relationship and and you're tuning in and your partner's not, uh, let me encourage you to tune in with your partner. It's going to be so much more beneficial if you're listening together. Uh, and we hope this is a helpful catalyst for discussion of how you can strengthen your own marriage. When I think of our marriage and that season that Haley's raised, I, I just say, I guess I want to put my hand up and say, I've struggled with marriage. We're not people who have it all together. And we've been through these darker seasons. We've been married you know, um, nine years, coming up to 10 years in October this year. And I think probably you'd say maybe the first two or three years of married mm. life, or maybe, maybe even longer, maybe up to five years were mm. fairly bleak and and hard experience mm. of marriage? How would, how would you describe them, Haley? Yeah, I think probably the end of our honeymoon <laughs> didn't end well. Yep. And it felt like from there things were, yeah, a lot of difficult things came up, reaching a bit of a peak while we were at, at college and we were trying, we were both trying to make things work. We really wanted it to be a good marriage. And I remember thinking, how can it be that two people really want this to work, love each other, mm. But it's just not working, and the more we try and talk about it, the worse things get. It was difficult, and I think uh, it, it, it took us getting to that point of realising we can't do this on our own, we really need help. I think that was the, the starting point of a lot of change, and it's been a process from there. 
Yeah. But we've definitely come a long way from that point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I mentioned the word struggle before, and I guess um, I've developed some resources with our church, and I guess I feel that there might be a bit of pushback against that kind of language. But I guess for me, I just want to give some context to that word if that's an issue for you. For me, I, I kind of see myself as a bit of a battler, a struggler. Lots of things in life don't come naturally to me. I think of raising our three kids and people often say that kids don't come uh, with a, an owner's manual to tell you what to do. And there's an awful lot of things that haven't come naturally to me intuitively as a parent. I, you know, I, I think like an adult and I tend to communicate like an adult to them. It's been a real effort for me to learn how they think at different developmental stages and being concrete thinkers and what that means for my relating with them. And I just feel like that kind of across the spectrum in life, that um, time management, all, all sorts of areas, areas that I have to work really hard at. Uh, but I think the Bible had, holds out to us this idea that being in a place of being weak, being vulnerable, admitting you don't have it together, that, that you're needy, uh, is actually a really good place to be because uh, it's when you're in that posture uh, that that God's help comes in <laughs> to your situation and, and, and you realise that you need help outside of yourself, you need resources outside of yourself. So I guess, yeah, we're, we're Christians, I just sort of put that out there. But if you're not a Christian and you're listening, I'm hoping that this will be really beneficial for you as well. I guess kind of the heart of our experience has been that we were not able to fix things uh, without some external perspective. And I, I think it's a bit of a radical idea. I'll put it out there, but greatest hope for our own marriage and where we've seen the most flourishing and most thriving is actually this idea that God doesn't want to leave us where we are. He's actually committing, committed to, to changing our character, to transforming us so that in small ways, little bit by little bit, we start to relate in ways that, that reflect him and what he's like. Uh, and so our hope is that he actually wants to do that for me. He wants to do that for Haley. And when that's both happening together, it actually makes for a very rich relationship, a very rich marriage. So that's been our experience. Along the way, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about a resource we've been benefiting from ourselves recently. Paul Tripp has for marriage seminars available on his website. Haley, do you want to just give some more fleshing out maybe to how things were for us? So when Haley's talked about me going to us going to college, that was Bible college, moved from our hometown in Newcastle where we had quite a bit of family support to Sydney to a new place and quite a big college community there. But found there was just a lot of change happening at once. Haley, do you want to tell a bit more of that story? Yeah, there are a lot of external kind of things going on that added to the pressure. So being yeah, being away from family support with a young child and being pregnant and then a second young child and just a prolonged series of broke, uh, um, time of broken sleep that left us both yeah, very low on resources, I guess. Hmm. Um, then you were under a lot of pressure with the workload at college and we were living on campus, so... There were a lot of expectations around community involvement in the wider community there, which added to the pressure with the young family and wasn't necessarily very compatible. So, yeah, we're under a lot of pressure. And I guess that sort of brought to a head the things that we were already experiencing in our marriage. Mm. 
So some of our patterns of relating and dealing with stress. It felt like neither of us were really feeling loved. We were both trying hard to make each other feel loved, but somehow we just weren't crossing wires and we'd have conversations. I remember having late-night conversations and going to bed feeling more upset than before the conversation (laughs) and struggling to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and we, we got to the point where we said we're not getting anywhere, we need to invite someone else into the conversation. Hmm. We ended up speaking to my parents, which might seem a bit strange, but um, just the nature of our relationship was such that we were able to do that. Did you want to say something? Yeah, so they offered us some hope and they could see good things maybe that, at least from what they'd heard from Haley when they, when Haley's dad chatted to me more independently, could see some good things happening there that, that maybe Haley wasn't seeing. And so they could give us a clearer perspective or maybe on what we're facing and share, I guess, personally from their own experiences, some things that I'd found helpful. Also gradually worked through Paul, Paul Tripp's book on marriage at that stage. And there were various helps that we sought out. We saw a, like a psychologist for a season. And I guess one of the key helps that came through that time was to do with bedtime routines with our kids and getting the kids to bed at a reasonable time, which gave us some quality time together of an evening we just we just didn't have a habit or a, a way of making that happen where we could talk freely where it wasn't kind of super late and we weren't just exhausted and ready to collapse into bed and so that that had its place as well yeah so i guess as Haley's described there was that our particular cracks were widening in that mm-hmm. season of how we responded to stress and i guess there were expectations that we both had of our relationship you're talking about being loved and what we'd imagined marriage to be and the fact that what we were experiencing was actually quite different from mm. from that picture we'd gone into married life with and we're feeling that disconnect, feeling that disillusionment and disappointment. And yet this irony that we still had good desires and were aiming at something good. I guess the benefit of reaching that place where you want help and you're you're open to have someone step in to what you're experiencing and speaking into that is that you're not just stuck in that endless cycle. I was chatting with a friend who's commenting, his observation is in marriages generally, we have those expectations. Both husband and wife have expectations of what the relationship should look like. Uh, but there's just this underlying disappointment, expectations not being met, and this ending up settling for just surviving in marriage. You try and appease the other person, meet whatever requests or demands you think they're looking for, um, but at the same time, by doing that and just only relating at that level, there's this sense that you're not really thriving in marriage. It's that cliche of <laughs> surviving instead of thriving, um, that we're actually made for greater intimacy and closeness in marriage. Haley, perhaps you want to share a little bit about some of the things that we began to discover in that season that were helpful, that, that helped us develop closeness? I guess... From my perspective, um, I feel like you were the first one to kind of have major breakthrough changes in perspective mm. and that just put, I guess, set us into a positive cycle rather than a negative cycle. Okay. So um, some of the thinking that you did about, like with your counselling, biblical counselling course, just between the difference between your circumstances and your response to the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And just separating those out, not feeling like you were um, a slave to your circumstances or, yeah, mm. that, that that was determinative 
for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk yeah. about it yourself. Really. I guess I lived <laughs> for quite some time with that hope and the irony of studying at a Bible college and yet God seeming very distant from the points of struggle that we're experiencing on a day-to-day level. I would say that I was depressed probably for 18 months or so, and that was part of seeing a psychologist as well, addressing the depression was on a mental health care plan. And I think a lot of that, my experience of depression, this isn't always the case, but at least for me, it was to do with my interpretation of life and what I was trying to get out of life, what I expected. Haley talked about expectations with college workload, college community. And not all of those were external. A lot of them were reinforced by my own standards and expectations of myself. And I came to see that more clearly. And I came to see that, that God actually met me with grace and, and kindness and offered help, I guess, relevant to the particular struggles that I was facing. Uh, and part of that was that separating out of external pressures versus actually seeing how I was responding to them in an unhelpful way and starting to, to change my responses, starting not to be such a slave to the things that were pressing in on me, starting to see where I could set limits and rein in my own expectations of myself in different areas of life. And I guess you're saying that that, that brought a different dynamic then into yeah. our relating together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that made a very, like a huge difference that really turned things around. Yeah, so where do you think we were going wrong in that, that season where those cracks were widened, their external pressures bringing out issues in our relationship? What, what do you think was going wrong at this, the heart of it all? Mm. I think we were both, like you were saying before, we are both trying to have our needs met in the marriage. I mean, we read this book that talked about how we can um, be like ticks, but like a tick on a dog trying to get what you want. But the problem is in a marriage where both people are trying to get what they want, it's like two two ticks and no dog. But, yeah, his solution that he talked about was that we need to find, like we need to have our needs met from God, which then it frees us up to love one another without seeking primarily to have our needs met by the other person. Yeah. I guess the idea of the tick is it's a parasite, something sucking, sucking life, yeah, living yeah, off the other. There's this right. kind of codependency. Yeah. But he's saying actually there's there's something else. But I think I think the re, the way that that kind of idea portrayed God, it was more like, well then God was the dog and we were still ticks. Yeah. And so we were like <laughs> both ticks trying to get from God what we needed, so we could be tick buddies yeah. <laughs> together yeah. that got on well. But I guess the problem, even that paradigm was wrong because we're not ticks and God's not a dog. Yeah. But that idea that he's not this um, genie who's a, a needs meter. Yeah, yeah. And we were approaching him in this self-focused way. And so everything was kind of a bit skewed. So just in terms of picking up that idea of self-focus, so you were reflecting back on mm. when we were still dating or perhaps engaged and how that dynamic was was there back then yeah yeah and even I guess I was referring to that period after we were married when Uh, yeah when we we felt we both felt disappointed I think we felt like something was missing that we wanted in our marriage and we're trying to 
rekindle mm. that sense of excitement and romance. Mm. And we decided to lock in a date night or date time um, to spend time together. I remember going out to like lots of nice places, restaurants and planning lots of things. Um, but just I remember the pressure that we both felt going to those times to make it something really special and then mm. we'd get there and conversation would be difficult and yeah, mm. it kind of just led to more disappointment or feeling like something was missing and we couldn't quite put our finger on it. Mm. So I guess we've had different input and practical help suggested along the way, but those things didn't seem to be mm. the heart of the problem. Yeah. They weren't yeah. kind of scratching where we itch. So the idea of having a regular date night. Yeah. I mean, we jump on coupon sites and book things in advance yeah. and try and mm -hmm. do it cost-effective way, but, mm -hmm. but still make it special. And yeah. that didn't actually really facilitate meaningful connection. Yeah. And we had, we hope. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then you mentioned the book that we read, The Five Love Languages, mm -hmm. which again had some useful things in terms of understanding each other better. Mm. But again, I remember feeling this pressure that we were still trying to, like we were trying to meet each other's needs, mm. I guess, and hoping to have our own needs met in return. Mm. But it still left something wanting. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we've done some thinking about that. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's quite a popular book, The Five Love Languages, and it's not that it has no place. We've just been thinking through our relationship with our three children and how they're different and one of our sons particularly benefits from quality time. That's mm -hmm. how he connects. So there's a place for that kind of thinking, but for us, that wasn't what was going on at the heart of the relationship. Mm -hmm. I think what was going wrong was this self-focus yeah. and how that played itself out in the relationship, um, a self-focus that was never going to work mm -hmm. and make for a rich, intimate connection. Mm -hmm. And I guess what that required was God breaking down that paradigm of a self-focus yeah. and helping us to see that he had an entirely different picture mm. and plan for us, which was primarily about knowing him, not coming to him to have our needs met, but coming to him on his own terms. Yeah. And as we started to realise that, that gave us some tremendous hope because we saw the goodness of God mm. and that was kind of, liberating mm. uh, i know that uh, john piper talks about going to the grand canyon and this mm. gift of self-forgetfulness no one when they look out and see the beauty of some a magnificent spot in nature like that thinks about their own greatness and bigness but they're drawn to the beauty of what's in front of them and, and for christians knowing god as the one who made that there's this is this wonder in forgetting about ourselves in that moment and, and seeing the wonder of what someone else has done. And I guess when that self-forgetfulness characterises a relationship, mm -hmm. as, as God enables that self-forgetfulness and seeking the good of another, that's not trying to get in return. Mm -hmm. It just makes for a very different dynamic, mm -hmm. a rich dynamic, and it takes the pressure off as well, yeah. that kind of pressure you describe yeah. when we're going through that season of trying to do dates yeah. um, and the inevitable disappointment that mm. that flowed because our expectations were set that you know we really had to connect then yeah. and <laughs> that had to be our deepest most profound kind of moments <laughs> so i think that kind of captures a significant change that mm. enabled us 
to move forward in a constructive direction. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd want to say about that? Um, yeah, so I guess that then led to character change, which enabled the building of trust, mm. um, which mm. then has sort of given us a foundation of being able to have conversations, which we weren't able to have. Things right. always yeah. would always blow up. Um, yeah, in the sense that we'd both end up very upset mm. every time we tried to discuss something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, from that we were able, we're now able to have candid conversations without getting defensive. Yeah. Well, and we still do sometimes to yeah, some degree. Yeah. But, um, but generally speaking, we're able to have conversations about, um, mm. about our relationship. There's that idea of constructive conflict. Yeah, yeah. And both of us naturally being conflict avoiders. Yeah. And so a conversation about our relationship, our marriage, things that weren't working, um, at least would tend to lead me to withdraw. That bedrock mm. of trust wasn't there. Mm. But as our character began to change, that bedrock of trust was built yeah. as the foundation for having more robust conversations yeah. about the issues yeah. and a confidence that by raising something um, the relationship was still intact. Mm. It, it wouldn't mm. <laughs> crumble. <Yes. laughs> it was able to withhold whatever might be raised by the other person. Yeah, yeah. And um, maybe more of a confidence that we were both headed in a in a good direction. We wanted good things for one another, even if that meant having hard hard chats, hard yeah. conversations at times. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the big take home from this introduction is if things are difficult for you right now. I encourage you to have the courage to ask for help, to reach out in some way to someone else uh, you know, who knows you, who you're confident will be helpful in, in entering into to what you're facing and, and will offer a helpful perspective. As I guess for us, that was, that was the first step towards things moving in a more constructive direction. As we continue in the coming weeks, we're just going to be doing this weekly and uh, we're going to be engaging with a, a resource that we've both found helpful by Paul Tripp. He's got a series of video seminars that we've been watching recently and they touch down on things that were helpful when we read through his book in our particular struggles in marriage. But they're continuing to be things that bear fruit now, even as we have worked through the COVID restrictions and experienced various tensions with workload pressure and the kids at home and you homeschooling, <laughs> Hayley, and I guess that sense, one of the things that the portrait talks about is just the fact that we have this problem of sin, uh, which just essentially is it's selfishness. We focus on our own agenda and what we want, and when that's the primary way we think, um, people are always rubbing up against what we want, <laughs> and that happens in closer relationships. So it's no surprise that it would happen in marriage, or in family life, especially when there's more intensity and closeness and, and limited interaction with others as there has been in this COVID period. Uh, so we'll just be engaging with a bit of that. And our goal is just to share one key idea with you uh, each week, and then to take that one idea and to apply it to ourselves as both me as husband, Haley as wife, as to how that idea might take shape, uh, and then to suggest what that idea might look like for you as uh, the start of something that you can take away and, and work on uh, to help build your marriage. Okay, thanks for tuning in.